Welcome Ma- to episode 23 of the BAM Creative Show, a digital marketing <laughs> podcast. My name is Jess, and that... Josh. Guy is... <laughs> I'm not... And that guy This guy is, here is Richard. Hi, Josh and Richard. And hi, Jess. Hi, Jess. Hi, hi, guys. Um, I feel like this is from, you know, that Barbie doll song by Aqua? Yes. Oh, my goodness. This has been on repeat in my house, so... Why? Yeah, let's continue. Why has it been... No, my girls love it. Story. Man. Oh, the karaoke? Yeah, they've been going hard oh, on SingStar. That's cute. And apparently, PS3 SingStar microphones, you can't get them anywhere, so they're a prized possession. Oh. Anyone wants them, they can't have them because they're at my house. There's a pretty dark message in that song, by the way. Oh, it's very dark. It's that's why, super dark. That's why the uh, makers of Barbie tried to sue Aqua, and the judge was like, chill out, bro. Just, yeah. It's a song, man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they, they argue about it, and yet they propagate it, and so. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, so today what we're going to be talking about is um, the Buffers State of Social 2018 report and this came out I think a couple of weeks ago or something like that. But I wanted to talk about it because it's a really interesting report that Buffer actually does and if you guys don't know, but you guys do know, but Buffer is a social media app that we actually use at BAM to basically schedule all of our social media posts. Um, But they also are really awesome at creating content with social media platforms um, and even their own culture blog, which is really interesting and really cool. So you should check that out. And they also do a really good podcast um, as well. But the State of Social 2018 report is basically a report that they... Um, I wouldn't say they do it every 12 months. The last one was the State of Social 2016 and it was published in at the end of 2016 and then they didn't do one for 2017. So there's, hopefully this is kind of like the dawn of a new era, but um, they get um, social media marketi- marketers such as um, myself to do a survey, basically answering questions about how we use social media marketing um and yeah it's interesting to note that the last survey they did they surveyed 1200 people and this time it's close to 1800 so it's growing in popularity slowly but it's just kind of interesting to talk about the findings and then we can debate them i love this is that's my right. favorite thing to do let's rip it apart let's rip it apart people <laughs> but also note that the people that um actually answer these questions are social media marketers and so their perspective is from a social media marketer it's not from the owner of a small business and things like this so there might be some data in here with some findings that you may find helpful um and you may want to debate so yeah did you make any changes to this i have not made any changes oh no because i thought you were and then i was like i don't want to skip over anything no just in case i got nothing i was looking actually for um something else so I'm, i'm just looking at the date looks like it only came out five days ago so it's still pretty current Oh my gosh. Um, and I, I saw a similar one, and I'm sure it was um, HubSpot. I read it, I think, on the okay. weekend, and I cannot for the life of me find it, but the it was it was interesting because it was similar, but it, it had another angle as well, which I guess mm-hmm. we'll get to later. Yeah, I'd love to sort of rip it to shreds a bit. And because the other interesting thing is I don't actually know the majority of people, who, like where they're located, who answered this survey. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it's kind of depending on your sort of local marketing and it's kind of interesting to get everyone's Mm. perspective so i wanted to kind of break it down if you guys have seen this report i'll put a link in the show notes but they've also buffer's also broken up their report into these key headings so i wanted to kind of structure this podcast to match those headings so you can sort of go back to the original source and kind of compare it to what we're talking about here so 
Their Buffer's key takeaways from this survey, number one, is that 80% of marketers haven't used a messaging app to connect with people. So that's including um, WhatsApp, Facebook Messenger, WeChat and Viber. So only 20% of marketers have actually used this. And that is um, that includes um, what we were talking about before. Uh, the yes, ad to start yes. a bot. A bot? A bod. A bod. Bod what? <laughs> a really hot bod. <laughs> yeah. To start a bot or, or um, yeah, to either lead to a website or finish a form or whatever it is. Um, it's really interesting because, yeah, as that kind of, as I noted there, the organic reach declines on mm. Facebook. So a lot of people do use Facebook Messenger and I'm just specifically talking yeah. about Facebook now. Um, I don't actually use Facebook for anything and my attention is really in Messenger at the moment. So, what, yeah. well, you know what's funny? What? Uh, I, I can think funny. of t- at least two um, of our own clients now where I've said, you should you should run this ad into a Messenger conversation. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you'll just kick it out of the park and they just don't want to borrow it. They just don't want to be disrupted. Don't want to be really? interrupted. Yeah. Yeah. Oh so that could be part of that 80% there. There's people who are like, yep, sounds great. I get more leads. Like, don't want to borrow it. Don't want to. <laughs> don't want to know. Yeah. yeah, a lot of it's because they're trying to avoid tie cookers coming through sure. and just wasting their time. Mm. Hey, what about this price? And then it's the mm. price that's on the website. Well, what's this problems? How's this solved? And then it's like it's quite clearly stated on the, the Facebook page. Oh, I get that in Facebook Marketplace, and that's just Marketplace. Oh yeah, yeah. So you put something up for sale, and they're like, "How much is it? Where are you located?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was selling shoes and people, someone asked me like, what size are the shoes? And I was like, well, were you looking at this? Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of They're trying to avoid the time wasters, the time Mm. vampires. Yeah. um, I figure that that's going to be a case for most business owners as well that are small to medium say, Mm. oh, they're running those, those businesses because they just don't have the time. If they can't employ someone to field all that, then they're, yeah. Like in, in coming out with the report, it's going to be interesting because it'll all go back to like what is the real measure or return in terms of engagement from messaging mm. to lead people to lead people to wondering why say only 20% used messaging in the previous year and 40% or 60% have mm-hmm. used it this year like I think that that why to use messaging is going to be interesting to talk about as well mm-hmm. you mentioned bots so um, I mean that is kind of a new era and that I guess takes away some of the pain uh, in that it can be configured to answer simple questions as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so Especially your FAQs. Yeah, so we've yeah. Uh, upstairs, I think, uh, for 6Q, Miles has got one that he's configured and it's quite quite impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll look more into that space this year. Yeah. yeah, it's interesting because, you know, social media marketing, you know, in the last few years, it's kind of changed from, I think, marketers were looking to social media marketing for sales to be able to track sales and leads and over time it's kind of changed to becoming engagement with the brand and messaging is kind of to me it feels like it's directly tied to sales and leads because people you know will message you if they're actually they're like ready to convert it seems and I so I actually used messaging um, so Facebook Messenger I haven't actually myself haven't had experience with WhatsApp WeChat and Viber but I have used Facebook Messenger with a client of mine and uh, it was something I mentioned to you and it was just like, uh, it was for my personal trainer client and she just had, it was just like a form. So go to a form, fill out this form for yeah. a free personal trainer session and nutrition consult. And she actually got 
four new clients from that. Mm. And mind you, the mm. budget was quite small. Um, and yeah, it was actually really successful. So, mm. but I mean, I guess the offering was really awesome as well. Yeah, but, um, yeah, so that's really interesting, but I'm really keen to see how Facebook Messenger will be used in the future specifically because I know that there's a lot more people that use it and this is probably a lack of my knowledge as well because I'm not really sure in terms of the usage with WhatsApp, mm. um, WeChat and Viber, um, but yeah. So anyway, uh, number two. So, yep, okay, on. sorry, just, um, I guess um, I wouldn't say I've got great experience with messenger from a business point of view either but mm -hmm. I, I have I. seen it's what fine. messages used to come through when it was more a direct message mm -hmm. system and mm -hmm. um, you would get you'd get negative feedback come through people would actually they'd want to speak to someone um, and they didn't want to go yeah. through the whole you know getting passed <laughs> around or trying to yeah, yeah yeah trying to find the right person to speak to that sort of thing they just mm -hmm. go straight to the source and I guess the implied threat there is if you don't <laughs> you know if you don't look after me then I'll, I'll you know, I'm already on social media, I'll leave a bad review, that sort of thing. So oh, it's I do part that. and parcel, right? I mean, I don't threaten. I just do it because yeah. I know that how negative feedback can impact a business. Yeah. And so I, mm. if I have a problem, I will, yeah, bypass the calling. Yeah. And, and oftentimes it's because those businesses are in a different time zone. Yeah. Um, so I'll just leave a message and it's, but yeah, don't give me what I want. And the other sort of message <laughs> we used to get were more, probably more, um, well... Aside from, do you have employment opportunities? That sort of thing. More yes, like um, just general questions that you'd probably almost be afraid to ask someone because you get laughed out of the building, but they think maybe that it's more, mm -hmm. you know, they're speaking to a human being yep. um, who's probably more easy to speak to. Mm. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And actually, something that I was talking about before with you guys, which was the real estate thing, because I find that really interesting mm. to bring up here as well. But, um, so my apartment's on, going to be on the market soon. Hit me up if you want a really nicely furnished mm -hmm. Um But yeah, so uh, 12 months ago, the real estate agent that we're going with now, they kind of presented us with a package of um, internet marketing, as they called it, and it's quite a set package. So it's you know, silver, gold, whatever, platinum. And the lowest one has Facebook advertising. And then as you go up, it has remarketing. And I think it has more comprehensive reports and whatever it right. is. But I, it's really difficult for me because that's my job. So to be presented with a package like that, I need to know every little thing what's going on and how much is the budget and what's the targeting like and what's the campaign period and what. I'm a nightmare client, basically. <laughs> but um, yeah, I did actually ask them if they are using Facebook Messenger because I think that's where the target market for this apartment would be. And they're not, they're not even using Instagram. And I have an Instagram worthy apartment, yeah. I've been told. Yep. So it should also be on Instagram. And part of me wants to do the campaign for my apartment myself, but I can't do that. So Why not? Well, because if I run a campaign, then it's got to lead back to somewhere. And if it's just like my personal page, doesn't that look weird? It's like this inconsistency. Stick it on Gumtree. No, thank you. I'm <laughs> fine. I don't need to be on Gumtree. No, that's your landing page. Oh. We did that. We, got, we, we found our own tenant for our own for our real estate property agent. And hmm. and that was just the way it was. Like, thanks for all your help. But we did that. Yeah. Like, we found them. Yeah. We managed them. And they were fine with that. Oh, okay. It was accidental. It's just the way it worked out. Maybe I should do it. Maybe I should hire BAM to like market my apartment, you guys. You should probably do it yourself and then tell us what the return is. <laughs> the return is. And then, yeah. and then introducing BAM Creative's new podcast product. It'll be 
how to market your home. Yep. Yes. Oh my God. I love it. Okay. We'll talk. We'll talk after. Um, okay. <laughs> Number two, <laughs> this one was really, really weird, but I'll just read it and then you guys can see why it's weird. Okay. So companies that invest in social media ads are more than twice as likely to say social media marketing is very effective for their business. Um, and of course it would be because they're using social media yep. ads as opposed to people who, um, I think it was, um, so when marketers ugh, haven't, sorry, when they're just trying to slug it the, the organic way. Yeah. So when they haven't used, and that's what I meant to say, when they haven't used social media marketing ads, they're more than twice as likely to report that it's ineffective, which I'm kind of like, yeah, yeah you would. And you look at those numbers and it shows quite clearly like what proportion of people are actually investing in it and it's not, it's not many out of the total number of people trying to use the system. Mm -hmm. It's quite interesting too. And it would be really interesting especially because you know the whole Facebook um, organic reach is, mm -hmm. is declining as we know so it would be really interesting to see if Buffer do a report like this next year, yeah. people's response to social media marketing or social media ads sorry so it's yeah it's kind of like a yeah you know. I've used ads and so I, therefore I reckon that they're effective for what mm. I want them to. They were seen by more people, people click through, mm. people became clients and so of course I, I do but of course I would also find it ineffective if I never really used it. I find it interesting that if we can see the shift it is alright guys you've got to pay um, and then people are saying that what they're getting out of social media is engagement not mm. leads and sales so it's you know we've we've been working with clients to create ads that ends end in leads mm. and that sort of thing and now it looks like people are literally just going to be throwing money at getting people talking about their brand which mm. is a, a very different proposition it's very interesting mm. it's changed so much yeah. like there's so much content out there now that it's becoming harder and harder for people to stay above you know the interest so so I guess it comes down to how you like what is the content that people are engaging with like it has to be pretty bloody amazing um, in order to feel satisfied that you got return on investment mm -hmm. because people saw that mm -hmm. and it's going to stick in their mind and it's somehow positioned your brand in, in their minds in a way that you want and that's good enough for you to, to yeah. keep on investing the money. Yeah. You've got to be very clever with, with the content. Oh, puppies. Puppies is really <laughs> good. Kittens also really good. Um, food. Food. Yep. But I, I, <laughs> I was experimenting with this because I did a um, post for, uh, sorry, I did a campaign for pest control, mm. used a puppy, uh, amazing engagement, amazing returns. It was a puppy in a field of grass. So it was like, are you concerned about your pet's health? You know, like spiders and whatever, then, you know. Were there control. people in the background like spraying the grass? No, it was just a, the, the most adorable puppy that you've ever seen that just says, adopt me yep. basically on his face in a field of grass and it was amazing. You should split test that with an animation of the puppy running through the field of grass. Oh my god! Yeah, you know, kind of like Gladiator when the kids are running to the dad. Yes. Oh. You know, I never watched yeah. the end of that movie. You should. <laughs> that. We'll, we'll save that for later in the show. That's fine. It's worth it, man. It's okay. really good. Wait, Gladiator. Russell Crowe. No. <laughs> Add Russell Crowe to the <laughs> list of people I don't like. Anyway, he has performed. Maybe because you were, anyway, yeah, we'll, we'll talk later, we'll talk. Okay, so the uh, third takeaway was, was I don't know, he's, he's in a movie guy. with Tom Cruise, right? The Mummy. Was it yeah, Mummy? Yeah, The Mummy. I liked that movie. Is that a remake of The Mummy Mummy? Yeah, I liked it better than the, like, anything. 
Brendan Fraser's in the affair now. To be sure, this is going on the TV show. Yeah, he's like a prison guard, and he looks really haggard. And I'm like, is what that the same? To him, falling off that wagon. You got old. That's all. Uh, yeah, yeah. I all right. That. Okay, wait. So. Number three of the key <laughs> takeaways. Um, engagement is the number one way to measure ROI from social media advertising, showing that social media marketing is more about engagement than direct sales. Does that, does that sound right? I think that actually means to say, oh. Well, yeah. So yeah. this is the shift. So, yeah. So, yeah. 42% of small to large businesses say that they measure um, engagement as ROI followed by 17% leads. So there's that massive drop between yep. engagement um, and then 17% leads, 15% sales, 12% reach, 10% traffic. So I would say, yeah. it's, I would say it's easier to get engagement. Mm -hmm. So maybe if you lean into it, you get better results. Like it probably scales mm -hmm. better. Mm -hmm. um, but is it a question of, we'll just take what we can get because you know, if, yeah. if, this is, if this is what social can do for us, I guess that's good enough and mm -hmm. we'll, just, we'll just stop stressing about the lead side of things yeah i think so and you know it's funny because we're getting a lot more kind of client i guess communication or prospect communication and everyone is saying you know how they want sales and leads from social media marketing so it's almost as if now they've finally kind of come to the party like yeah social mm. media marketing is great i just want to be on all the facebooks and twitters mm. um and instagrams and i want to get sales from it and it's like it's kind of like now it's a bit too now it's a bit late for that it's not 2007 anymore, unfortunately. Eight, nine, ten, eleven, even. Yeah, I can't believe he's playing a prison guard. Anyway, that's weird. Poor mm. guy. He did Born a good so job. Far. Do you remember that movie he was in with Ricky Lake? And he played twins. So I don't remember what it was called, but Ricky Lake was cool. married to him, and then he died, and then I don't know. She fell in love with his twin brother. Oh yeah, that's okay. It was something like that. Cool. Maybe I'm getting that wrong. Anyway, it was such a great film. She is an amazing actress. I've seen her Ricky in something. Lake. Yeah, I saw her in something in the 90s. I'm going to have to Google that. Wasn't it My Big Fat Greek Wedding? No. Ricky no. Lake? Ricky Lake wasn't in that? No. No, I don't know who that was. Mm. Something. I love that film, Favour. Always. You don't eat meat? How about lamb? <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, anyway, okay, so what I wanted to pull out was that, so I actually did go through this report and I read every little stat and I, because I wanted to grab things that I thought were probably more um, to do with our conversation, but to be honest, I couldn't really find anything and I think that Buffett did a really good job of amalgamating this data and presenting it in such a way into this nice little package called Seven Insights You Need to Know. So we can debate whether we need to know them or not. All right. So number one is Facebook is still the leading platform for marketers. So I did a little bit of comparison to the last year's data, but please also bear in mind that the reporting period is probably not the same as this one. And there was a lot less people who participated in that. So 96% um, of people surveyed say that Facebook is the leading platform for them. Last year it was 93. So mm. there's like a little bit, a tiny bit of a growth, but is it really worth reporting? I, mm. I don't know. Followed by Twitter, which I found to be really interesting at 89%. Very interesting. Extremely interesting, especially because we kind of steer away from... Yeah. The, there's a lot of energy that goes into Twitter. And I found even for our ourselves, mm. our content... Oh, sorry, our social media marketing, um, I tend to put very little effort into Twitter just because 
the likelihood of getting any kind of conversions, even engagement from Twitter is quite low. Right. Well, we, we get engagement, but it's it's industry peers. It's not prospective yeah. clients. So it's, yeah. It's interesting. And yeah. it's people who might people tweet us and be yeah. like, uh, ask us a question, but we get more sort of feedback from other channels. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, if, if people who are, say, communications and marketing managers are using social media platforms, mm. then it's probably Facebook, Instagram. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes they might just be those two. They may look at Snapchat, Pinterest, mm -hmm. but I'd say Twitter was quite a bit the way down, mm. unless their industry is say tick inclined or mm. yeah or something like that which yeah. leans more toward that it's interesting i would definitely look i definitely see the value of twitter as a customer service tool um but yeah i it's it's odd it's not a platform i'm still trying i'd to like to know which industries these individuals yep. were from yeah because like i said like if it's all tech if it's all internet marketing based then it's always going then i can understand twitter mm. Mm. um yeah, so that'd be interesting to know. I've actually been using Twitter a lot personally for myself, and it's pretty much since um, Donald Trump was elected the president. Because I, I used to have a private Twitter. Mine was private. It was locked. You couldn't read it because I used to. It was mainly for friends. Mm. And ever since he became president, I was like, okay, that's it. I can't be on private anymore. <laughs> it's on. I'm gonna like fight the you know power, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> And yeah, so I've been slowly taking down the presidency one tweet at a time. And it has... It has had a huge effect. The ROI of what mm -hmm. I've been doing is massive. It's, we can't, we can't put, we can't really articulate the effect it's had. Mm -hmm. It's, Donald Trump's going to be reporting on it soon. <laughs> Fake news. Anyway, so um, that's followed by LinkedIn at 70%, which is interesting to note that last year it was at 65%. So it's grown a little bit. Um, and yeah, more, it seems like there's been like, a, I think it was like 20%, uh, 20%, 20% increase <laughs> in content consumption between like 2017 and 2016. Mm. So a lot more people seem to be heading over to LinkedIn. And again, it'll be interesting to see what industry. Yeah. It's good. B2B, LinkedIn's got to be number one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, followed by Instagram at 70%, last year was at 63 so it's it's increasing and I think it's only going to increase and it might have something to do with stories as well. I, I don't, I'm not too sure, but it's interesting to note. Our, um, I will, we'll have to, I'll have to look into this, but, um, yeah. have related pages made an increase in Instagram recently? Have you guys noted I that? I've uh, just been noticing that there's been significantly more recommended or, or mm. um, I think it's suggested oh, yeah. um, pages oh, that are coming up as a result. And so I'm wondering whether that's the algorithm. I don't believe, mm. like I'll have to do a couple, I'll look a little bit deeper after You're going to do some tests with your little sign? No, 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 no. But I, I'm curious to find out whether um, that may also be, so whether that's just an algorithm change yep. that yeah. has them pushing people through to try and retain their attention on, on that mm. platform more, um, or even if it's a bit of a promoted Mm. activity then I'd like to see but obviously you still got your standard promoted posts mm -hmm. um, but yeah I think Instagram is, is starting to try and get people into more pages so that they stay on longer and yeah. they leave the, the mm. platform just, just looking at other people's habits I've noticed that they're getting more engaged within my family on, on Instagram for sure in the last mm. year I've been going the opposite way probably because I, I use it for work so I just tend to 
like when I'm at home, my attention is elsewhere, yeah. not on Instagram, because otherwise I can really go down a vortex. <laughs> it <laughs> starts with Kim Kardashian. <laughs> I go through and see if she's still got the photos of her when she was married to Chris Humphrey, Humphrey for 72 days or whatever it was. Like, I love doing that. Like when Katy Perry was married <laughs> to Russell Brand, I'll just like go all the way back and see if she's still got photos of her and Russell Brand in there. Because celebrity marriage has gotten back. Yes. And sometimes I like to check. Yes. Anyway, and then I like, I'll tap on and I'll see like, oh, which celebrities commented on there. And then I'll like tap on there. I'll just go forever. So I'd like I can to- see how you would get lost. <laughs> yeah. That's the IMD effect, IMDB effect for me. You follow Kim Kardashian on Twitter too, I noticed. Yeah, maybe. No, you, this, we, no, you do. You do. Oh, so you looking so at you my? Still, no, because I went. <laughs> <on>. <laughs> no, I'm stalking you. No, um, I'm stalking Lenny and Carl. No, but yeah, there's um, a big story I, behind this. We've we've gone. Yeah, I this. know, but I thought maybe you unfollowed her after she unfollowed you, but it was because. No, I'm not that that vain. Oh, oh, okay, but it was only because I think it was like Chloe's ex-husband said something. I'm gonna just tell the story because I feel like I've come this far and I just need to follow through with it, but. Lamar Odom, who yeah. was married to Chloe, said that he knew that their marriage was over after Chloe was onto her third or fourth basketball player. And then Kim Kardashian tweeted, or second or third brothel. And I know, burn! Anyway, <laughs> so I like went on her page to retweet that tweet. And then I saw that you followed her, so that's why. Oh. I wasn't actually stalking you. <laughs> I was stalking the Kardashians. That's Please right. don't be No, that's upset. cool. That's anyway, fine. It was like the coolest burn ever. I don't see a lot of her stuff in my feed, so I'm not sure what's going on there, but... She doesn't tweet often. She live go. tweets during Keeping Up. Anyway, anyway, huh. guys, you've had your moment, let's bring it up. <laughs> so after Instagram, we've got YouTube at 57%, which has stayed relatively the same from last year. So I get it, like, it, and this is going to come out later when I, we start talking about video, because, you know, it's pretty hard to... I, I think people are still struggling to make video and make it good. Right. And, yep. you know, we, we have a clearly have a multi-camera setup in here we have cast like we have crew we have craft services and everything mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so i can see why it's really difficult to you know make videos and like we spend so much time <laughs> editing the videos like oh god you guys i mean seriously we film this on a phone here like a tripod that's kind of broken we've got a couple of lights here yeah and i edit the video it's not exactly easy to create video so I totally get why YouTube's well, kind of you did have to edit there. that one Miles was on because the phone fell off the yes tripod halfway through and then we had to put it back on there and Miles was not impressed right yeah. <laughs> what kind of operation <laughs> are you running down here it he was like a shoddy <laughs> and it was so funny because as I was editing the video I could see the camera slightly like going like this and then bam on the floor and oh. mm. I got a new phone now though yes Yes, I have a do. Samsung Galaxy Note 8. That is not a plug. They did not pay me, but they should because I've had Samsungs for years. And it's got a dual camera. Is it well balanced? It's well balanced right now. Oh, yeah. It hasn't hit the alcohol too hard right now. It's still... Oh, it's good. Yeah, it's quite nice. I love it's it. solid vino. It's awesome. Just for lunch. Sometimes Bixby talks to me. It's very annoying. Um, it's, <laughs> it's interesting YouTube's included too because I feel like mm, YouTube is going to more social? and more... Yeah. Yeah, it's just going to be a media company, not a social company. Yeah. Like, I know that they've been doing quite a bit at the community level. So, at the moment, they're just trying to put out fires, right? Yeah. Because mm. a lot of the content creators and the debacle that we talked about a couple of weeks Paul ago. Paul Logan, Paul, whatever. Oh, yeah. Paul Logan getting is stripped of his YouTube Red show and um, yes. some of his other, like, higher tier mm-hmm. partner payments or what have you. But 
um, the little things that they were doing before that fiasco kind of came to um, to uh, a head. A head is let's, that the word? Let's just use that. Let's go with that. Um, are are the content creators being able to send messages directly to people in YouTube? Mm. Uh. So when they're looking through their subscriptions, they can be able to see comments from, you know, if you sign up to a yoga person, mm -hmm. then they can be able to say, hey, look, just let you know, a new video comes out in two days or something mm -hmm. like that. Um, but, like, the engagement's so very different. Yeah. It's it's more, it isn't a matter of, it's, it's only for a very small um, percentage of the audience that are quite content to stay on YouTube and then make a comment, wait for a reaction, then make a comment, make a comment, make a comment. Yeah. And so, yeah, the, the trolling aspect of it, I think, is what tends to keep uh, a lot of people there. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't really foster a lot of engagement, like positive social engagement from my no. perspective at the moment. I agree with you. I watched this awesome guy. Um, he's been doing videos for maybe the last seven or eight years, which is great. He does um, fitness. Uh, what's his name? Um, Athlean X. He does like... His name's Jeff. He's this awesome personal trainer, really cool dude. He's done really well from his channel and he releases a video maybe every two or three days, but he actually quite often has a response video. So he'll say something in a video and it might be about, you know, how to do a deadlift properly. And then he'll just get so much hate from it that he'll have a response video. And he's got like quite a few response videos. Like it's... Mm. But he just keeps going. It's actually really awesome. If you guys want to check it out, because that is somebody who's actually, you can clearly see, he's invested a lot of time in, you know, planning the editing, mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. And yeah, it's really, really interesting as well. But yeah. Mm -hmm. um, mm. um, followed by Google Plus, which is still plodding along. And that's at 33%. Last year it was at 42%. Um, and yeah, I think people are, I don't know, they should just unplug this one. They should just release it from the matrix. Just unplug that back head thing. <laughs> just do it guys. I reckon. Yeah. Yeah. Eject. Eject that VHS. Are they yeah. counting comments on Google My Business pages as social media engagement? No, they're not. I would assume not. I think it's just the Google Plus platform mm. only. Uh, okay, so we've got then Pinterest at 33%, stayed relatively the same. <clears throat> and then Snapchat at 11% again, stayed relatively the same. So yeah, it's just kind of interesting to see these platforms that social media marketers are engaging with. I'm not surprised about the Snapchat one because the ad ad platform has only really evolved over the last 12 months recently mm. so what yeah. would it be surprising I guess in another 12 months would be if Snapchat is still at 11% mm -hmm. yeah so that's, yeah uh, that's it would actually cool. I'd love to see that especially how they've made those changes recently and they're going to be making changes in terms of influencer yeah. content as well so it'd be really interesting to see how that goes um, so following on from Facebook being the leading platform for marketers uh, fifty percent of marketers here experienced a decline in Facebook organic reach in twenty seventeen. Yes, I would mm -hmm. concur with that. I concur. I concur. You guys. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Is there anything that we? You mean two thousand seventeen to two thousand eighteen? I would just say that's. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That's what Mark Zuckerberg talked about on the twelfth of January, didn't he? Mm -hmm. When he released that statement saying. Um, content creators are going to be seeing a lot less posts of theirs being published mm -hmm. on news feeds or, or the, the community will see a lot less of theirs. Um, so yeah, and 
but also just make sure everyone is creating great content that they're mm. going to boost if they're if they're told sooner or later you're going to have to boost content for it to be reached then at some point in time they should be realizing oh, okay so i've got a limited amount of money to spend yeah. so i need to only boost the greatest and then mm. is this really great and then do i need to create another content mm. so it's pretty exciting it should help to clean up the messaging for a lot of brands yeah yeah um, you won't be able to do those cheap posts though just to get the views which leads to the traffic mm-hmm. that a lot of guys would have been doing for the longest time you know the low, low hanging fruit mm-hmm. now it's like Zuckerberg's just come with a chainsaw and he's cut all those low hanging branches and we're like cool now you got to go up there to get the fruit so. what do you reckon his wardrobe looks like Mm, doesn't he have like the I Steve Jobs approach to always yeah. wearing the same shirt same, same jeans yeah I think he just has like I know he's mega rich and he can take that chainsaw and cut the low-hanging fruit because he doesn't have to worry about what to wear in the morning like Mm. some of us you know but he's yeah it's it's cause of concern anyway um number three video is top priority for 2018 like for social media marketers um and so 85 percent of businesses would like to create more video content in 2018 and last year it was 83 percent said so it looks like we're we're still struggling you guys the social media marketers we're still struggling to create video content um and the biggest reason is because businesses struggle to find time and budget get a samsung galaxy note 8 samsung plus. note 8 plus s times i don't know i think it's something like that mm-hmm. um but, <laughs> <Sort> of. <laughs> um, but yeah well, I you can know. have just old phone no i traded it in for this one. Oh, okay right. yeah i know it was actually in really good nick. The lady had like a torch and everything and she was like checking the screen and stuff. She's like, you've kept this in amazing condition. Yeah, it's my story. Um, so it's really interesting to note this as well because like, well, I already talked about it, so I guess we can just move on. But, um, <laughs> so I did want to note that, yeah, one of the most interesting things is that the place to, um, put this video content is is facebook more than youtube so facebook was 70 percent um and Mm. then youtube at 54 percent and i guess i can see that because i feel like with youtube you have this very it's obviously open-ended it's you can go wherever you want whereas if facebook is obviously in the algorithm of um it's more um centered on your interests as if youtube's kind of like based Mm. on you know kind of like what you what you watched last time videos that are relevant to maybe what you watched last time and that weird root canal thing that's in (laughs) there's in the BAM YouTube account, there's root canal videos. Like, someone's watched root canal videos and they've suggested more root canal videos. And they're not videos. owning up to it. <laughs> Somebody watched root canal videos. In the history? Yeah, and, and it's being suggested to us. Aww, it's root so sweet. <laughs> then we all had a few stories about how we accidentally watched videos on the BAM account. And oh, that's cute. Mm. Uh, okay, yeah, so... Yeah, yes. On that, alright, so, um, I mean, I have seen, uh, I think we've all seen, like, oh, I've got a video, i got a video made, and it's really nice, uh, let's put it on YouTube. <laughs> and let's also put it on Facebook, and Facebook just seems to win, um, locally, for the sort of people I've, we've done this for. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very interesting. So, I think you're right that YouTube is its own kind of breed of yeah. users, uh, well, who are going to get anything out of it, exactly and if you've got right. them, then that's great, if you don't have mm-hmm. them, then... then use it to embed videos on a website. Yeah. That's what it's good for. Well, it's even as simple as, I suppose, even our content as well. Like, we post all of our content on YouTube. It gets very little engagement. We put it on Facebook and it gets, like, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of views. A few likes. 
few comments, <laughs> few shares even. But it gets a lot more engagement. Um, we get seen by a lot more people on Facebook, so that's really cool. Um, but anyway. Uh, and the next one is Facebook is dominating paid advertising space. 94% of social media marketers have used ads followed by 44% on Instagram, which I suppose would be pretty easy considering it's part of the same platform. Mm. And then 26% LinkedIn and Twitter to get there. And that's 66% of businesses plan to increase their budget in mm. 2018. So it's pretty interesting. You know, it's kind of, I keep hearing more about how people are moving towards Facebook and away from Google ad, AdWords and mm-hmm. remarketing as well to go on to, yeah, to go on to Facebook. So it's interesting to see. And I wonder with this change in the organic posts, if it's still going to be somewhat cheap. Cheap in cheap. comparison. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was another thing in Disaster Artist. Anyway, there's a bit of that cheap. Thing. Yeah. Cool. It's interesting. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, there's still businesses that AdWords will make sense to naturally keep using, I mm. think. Um, but you just got to test them. So as we're over halfway of the seven insights you need to know, do you guys feel like that we needed to know these insights or do you think we could have lived without them? It's more of the same. Like it's no, what video, video. We want to do more video. video. I think yeah. it's more people saying they want to do video. This year will be the year of the video. I think last year was the year of the video. I think video will be around for 10 years. And then what will happen? Probably holographic. VR? Stop it. Yeah, VR. Holographic. VR augmented reality. Maybe? Augmented maybe, reality. Maybe 20 years, but... No, it would be the augmented, it would be what we talk about. So you've got your um, Google, Google My Business listing, etc. currently resides on Google, right? Um, and the rich snippets are on your website and that's what, you know, like feeds that information mm-hmm. and, and you manage that. When you get into the augmented reality space, then people will be just looking around and they'll just have information thrown at them and they won't be able to avoid it. And like your, the rating star, star rating of your restaurant will be like right there in front of their eyes on their glasses and that sort of thing. And you're going to have to have completely different strategy for managing all that information. I just want to be able to try clothes on. All right, 15 years. <laughs> the flying yeah. cars, yes. fly, flying Ubers. Jetsons. Yeah. There was an awesome episode, and I'll never forget this, where I can't remember the dad's name, but he tucked up and he's all in bed, you know, ready to sleep, and he's like, "Oh, I better exercise." And this like big screen comes down from the ceiling, and it's a video of him doing like jumping jacks and exercising and stuff, and he's like all puffed out, but like lying in bed, and he's like, <laughs> he's benefited from these exercises that he's the, doing. I'm like, oh, what his mind. Was it yeah. a Black Mirror episode? Was it? I'm Probably. talking about a Jetsons episode. Yeah, oh, the, Jetsons. Sorry. There's Hell a Black Mirror episode the for everything. Yeah. So the, the thing that HubSpot and a bunch of other people, Forbes and, and this sort of thing, um, to look at this Black Mirror. Yeah, go on. seem to be talking about is artificial intelligence. So that's sort of, that's coming Sky into Skynet. It. Well, yeah. <sighs> Just a bit chill. Well, no, you know that, um, <laughs> oh, what's his name? Tesla. Uh, yep. Elon Musk. Yep. Is like, realistically literally he's in love concerned he's, yeah. about Skynet happening he's because he's be like if you, if you start using machines to create machine learning because it's out of our like capacity to make him smart enough mm-hmm. if you just hand him the keys like good luck to us all oh my god you've you lost control so he is actually worried about that so you can call him crazy or you can call him like a genius so we'll, we'll, we'll see but anyway it makes sense okay wait I have to google John Connor <laughs> no <laughs> Oh, which one? Oh, no, so many. just any John Connor, but what were... Okay, Brent, Brent John... Fro? Damn. What is his 
dad's name. Nick Stahl, that's the guy. No, no, not oh, All right, Nick so Stahl. He's had a lot of problems, yeah, he, hasn't he? Died, he? Poor guy. No, he's still... <gasps> Brad Renfro died. I think he died. Yeah, Brad Renfro died, but... I get him confused. Um, yeah, so his dad was Michael <laughs> Bean, who was... Um... Who? Carl Reese. Carl Reese. So Elon Musk is oh, Carl Kyle, Reese. Kyle Reese. Elon Musk is Carl Reese. Yeah, you could be right. He's warning us. He's trying to, trying know, to warn us. And then, the and then he's building all these, these rockets and stuff. Like, he's just... Why do I always forget Carl Reese's Kyle. name? Carl Reese. All right. Wait. I want to confirm that Nick Stiles dead or alive. I hope he's alive. He's alive. He's Thank alive. God. Red all right. Red That's fine. Red They're not the same. I confused. Anyway. You could go back to the Black Mirror. Let's That's go fine. back. So, how does artificial <laughs> intelligence um, relate to what we're talking about? I wasn't sure. Is what I thought. Is it the bots? Is it whatever? All right. And, and where they're going with it is... You know, you used to run a whole lot of experiments in your ads. Yeah. Okay. Uh, HubSpot used to run a lot of experiments in their ads and they've just given up because the algorithms are getting so smart that they can basically go, all right, we know what to do with this. Like, it's okay, we've got it. Because that artificial, artificial intelligence relates to users, their demographic, right? Um, and how people are consuming their content. All right, and they're just using that to match whatever your creative might be. So that it is most effective. Um, which is, so, I mean, their suggestion was upload, um, you know, your databases, create custom lookalike lists, and, and let Facebook just take care of it for you. It's mm. quite interesting. Yeah. It also um, it also leads itself to consideration of how artificial intelligence might guide the development of other areas, um, like um, say the aesthetic presentation of a website. Oh man. So well. if you go through and you've got enough data on an individual or you've done enough research yeah. and collected enough data points from a pool of individuals to be able to f figure out, hey, our avatar is A to Z um, and then to have the entire experience customized. So something that, so a website that's completely dynamic yeah. and is never the same for every, any one person, mm -hmm. um, but is always, um, yeah, keenly suited to exactly what that person is as far as what they want to see, what their propensity to a certain color is, a certain layout, a certain mm. image, um, you know, even certain copywriting. So, yeah, so the beginnings exciting. of that, a more manual process, kind of, I think Google were um, pushing this pretty hard maybe 18 months ago, which are micro-interactions, where you might, um, you might know where someone has actually arrived from based on, you know, just the, the referrer. And you might actually update the content um, to suit what they might be looking for. Mm. Um, which I thought was always quite interesting. Um, what you described there, basically, um, I don't know if you remember, grid.io. Little. Okay, so they were, I guess, a Kickstarter or something at some point? Like, they were, they were going to happen. They were going to just... They were going to take over um, the website industry because they're going to use machine learning or, or artificial intelligence to create um, bespoke website layouts based on your user up uploaded images that sort of thing it will change the the colors to suit based on all this stuff and the um the demonstration videos they had on their landing page were just just gobsmacking in terms of how appealing they looked right um i think the whole thing just blew over like it just they couldn't quite get it right and then they sort of missed that boat and you know we're in that era already of squarespace making it pretty easy for you mm. to do things manually. These, yeah. these guys were trying to go the next step and I don't think they were ready. Uh, but it is what you're saying. I mean, yeah, it's... It is going to happen eventually, right? Yeah. Yeah. That would be the ideal, is, um, you know, to, to have... Because as individuals, we customise 
what we say to other individuals based on our information about them and I guess our our mental or emotional state at the time as well as being able to judge what theirs is and so yeah if you can get a computer to do the same thing then that's some serious power. Oh, damn. So Jess has got um, an article here, presumably one of the top res- results, It was right? after um, thegrid.io, oh, which okay. I don't think is the same thing, but so this was, yeah, the second result that came up on Google. And what's the headline? The first grid.io sites have surfaced and they're kind of terrible. Almost two years ago. And then on the right, we've got a Squarespace app. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, just come over here. Like, stop what you're doing there. Just come over here. Um, yeah. Shall I, shall I carry on? Yeah. Alright, so number five of the seven insights that we need to know, because I couldn't have carried on with my day unless I found these out. Actually, I couldn't carry on with my day if the coffee machine didn't get fixed, but anyway. Um, images... Thanks, Dave. The, yeah, thanks, Dave, for fixing the coffee machine. Images are the most <laughs> shared type of content on social media. Social media marketers have said 95% of them share images, followed by 85% links, 80% written... 70% video, 35% GIFs, and 10% audio. Representing the 10%. Yeah, I mean, we, we don't really share audio. Like, we rarely share the audio on social media. It's very odd. Like, we might um, add, like, the SoundCloud link on Twitter, but it's mainly if, you know, people are engaged in Twitter as they're looking, you know, in their feed, and they can see the link, and then they can go click it and download it maybe for their car ride home later or something like that, but... I don't know, it's hard, I find it kind of difficult to share. I have seen, um, Tim Ferriss has been doing those um, videos of like, it's him speaking on his podcast and it's like the words highlighting as he's saying them Mm, in a video. Yeah, that's right. Um, Which is kind of technically video, I don't really think it's, it is, but it isn't. It's kind of like a mishmash of video and audio. It's video and text, Mm. yeah, it's all of them. Mm. It's the whole spectrum. Mm-hmm. And if you make a gif out of it, then you've got the whole lot. Um, mm-hmm. Why don't we occasionally um, drop a link to our iCloud, uh, iCloud, our uh, iTunes link? We do hey. on, like we do on Twitter and um, Facebook sometimes. Yes. Don't so that's really, sharing audio. Yeah, we, we, we are. I don't really do it on uh, LinkedIn, mm. but... That's just because it's just based on what mm. engagement we've received. So that's the strategy there being less um, the immediate gratification of a video that has no real call to action and it's it's more like, oh, well, if you're interested in this. Yeah. We're growing our subscriber list over here. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, it's kind of interesting time for podcasting at the moment because <clears throat> I think people are still trying to figure out how to publicize their podcast. Like I think mm. it's becoming more and more popular and people are trying to be heard yeah. among more and more podcasts and they're using social media to do that. Um, but there's still like, for me, I kind of feel there's a little bit of a disconnect. You do have to have that strategy where you're taking the podcast content and you're publishing it over time to be able to get people interested in your podcast. You can't sort mm. of keep going like, Listen to my podcast. Listen no, to my no, podcast. Sure. Listen to my podcast. You know, yeah. So another strategy um, I know that a lot of uh, podcasters use is is to actually um, find other podcasts that are in mm-hmm. parallel and engage mm-hmm. with them and do sort of a bit of cross pollination there between the user bases. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was going to talk about guest podcasting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's a big one. Because mm-hmm. if you've already got your pool yeah. and you can find somebody else with a complimentary mm-hmm. pool, then both of you can benefit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm seeing a lot of that in terms of. Um, podcasts that have been following me but they're true crime podcasts and I don't have a true crime podcast I've thought about Mm. it I was like if I had a true crime podcast what would the premise be 
Polish murders. Polish murders. There's actually quite a few. I've read... Anyway. Unsolved murders. <laughs> actually, no. I think it was on Case File. I think that's why I heard it. Uh, but there's a really good episode of Case File that there's a really good um, story of uh, Polish murder that's apparently very... Australian housewife murders unsolved. It's terrifying. Whoa. Cuts to the bone. Yeah. Oh my God. I think it's you. <laughs> it's happening. And it could happen on the same night that Real Housewives of Melbourne airs. <gasps> like, just after. And people are like, there's still one more Housewives, but they're just like, hmm. Yeah. I read a really cool, like, someone shared a really awesome image on Facebook today. And it was like, welcome to your 30s, where your entertainment is true crime documentaries and replacing all carbs with cauliflower substitutes. And I was like, that's pretty much right. <laughs> That's my 30s. <laughs> okay. Number six is the rise of stories last year. Only 29% of respondents used Instagram stories and Snapchat. Uh, this year it's up to 42%. And I'm assuming this is just Instagram stories with 68% looking to create more Instagram stories. I said Instagram stories a lot in that sentence. Is that for them personally or is that for them for brands? For the business, yeah, for the brand. So it's interesting because we had this conversation the other day because I was looking at incorporating Instagram stories a lot more and Facebook stories into um, BAM. And I think the thing with stories is that it is like it's a 24-hour television station. You have to have, I feel in order for it to be effective, you have to have something continuously happening every 24 hours for it to even be worth engaging in Mm -hmm. a consistent basis. Otherwise, it's almost like you're spamming people. Mm -hmm. You just kind of like pop up when you want to say something random, like, sorry for all those people that saw our Instagram story in the last week. I'm experimenting. Um, But yeah, you kind of have to continuously be involved in that conversation. I think anyway. Stories is interesting. It's a lot more laboring, I feel, than any other kind of form of social media marketing. Yeah. It'd be good for special events. Mm. And I'm seeing a lot more ads now in my um, ads and also suggested posts in my stories. So... In your Facebook stories? No, Instagram stories. Ah, okay. I don't really engage with Facebook stories that much, um, but mainly because my people I follow don't really use it, so I haven't really been engaging with it. It's interesting because, was it two months ago or something, that whenever you try to post anything, um, the new the iOS Facebook app at the very least will say, cool, where do you want to send it? Do you want to send it just to your, your wall? Do you want to also publish it as a oh, story? Oh, so it's like kind of asking you if you want to use their product. Yes, and now every person has a two-step process when they used to have a one-step process to do anything. Annoying. So, like, yes, obviously it's a big push. Uh, quite an invasive push from Facebook. So it is interesting to see that people, yeah. despite that, are still not taking the bait. Mm, yeah. I was experimenting over the summer break because I was using Facebook stories mm. just to see. And quite frankly, I was just reposting all my Instagram stories mm. content and putting yeah. it on Facebook stories. And it, what I found, and this is probably not the right way of doing it, but what is the right way? I can I know that people listening to this cannot see my air quotes. So guys know that I was doing air quotes, but... Um, people on Facebook stories that were watching my stories are not on my Instagram. Yep. They're not my friends on Instagram. They don't have Instagram accounts, maybe. Mm. Like, my mum's a really good example. So, yeah. That's kind of what that was. Is something interesting to note? Is it? I don't know. Did you guys need to know that? Probably not. Number seven. 
live video hasn't yet caught on with only 31% of marketers using it. Most people use Facebook at 91% with a huge drop in Instagram, 29%, and then Periscope, which is Twitter, 21%, YouTube, 14%. So I wrote here, why do you think it's not as effective? What are some of the roadblocks? People want to be live. They, they want it to be staged and perfect. They don't want to misrepresent the brand or have themselves caught off guard as, mm. as some kind of hack or not ready to actually deliver content that they're giving free information or something like that. But yeah, and I, th I feel it's live video is kind of disruptive. It's almost like a phone call. Like I'll be on Instagram, for example, and I'll see that little um, thing come up saying, so-and-so started a live video. I will never watch it, ever. Because I'm like, I'm doing something right now. Watch it before it ends. I'm busy. <laughs> I'm scrolling get, through Kim Kardashian's burns. I only get notifications that you've started something. Like, that's all I get. Watch it before Me? it ends. Yeah. What do Instagram. I do? What are my live videos? It's usually me at the gym doing something yeah, that's stupid. That's what it is, but I don't, I don't watch it. <laughs> you, they, it's, it's dropped off a bit. This year's yeah, been pretty quiet. Because yeah. I haven't really done any powerlifting <laughs> yeah. comps lately, so there's nothing interesting to share. All right. There was this one time that I... No, I'll show you guys. I've got to get more friends. <laughs> I'm the only friend you need. And me and Josh are your only friends. Oh, uh, she could be your, your single live source on, on Instagram for content. Yeah. So that'll be fine. Actually, I watch Gary V's live content sometimes. Oh, but he and I are going through a bit of a phase. Like, I don't think we're as close as we used to be. It has to be good content. It has to be. Mm. Like, you can't fake it, like Josh said. Um, yeah, and it has to be worthy of something like in the event like in the moment something transpiring um that people can get a feedback loop happening get the likes mm -hmm. flowing and get the comments coming through it really has to be like a q a or a, like a you're at some bigger thing right mm -hmm. that you didn't start and you're just there and everyone's going to be interested in in seeing it before anyone else can because it's happening right now yeah um and in sleepy little perth you know, it, there, the opportunities for that might be few and far between. Mm, yeah, well, we went live once upon a time and we didn't announce it at all. Um, and it was at 11 a.m. on a weekday and no one's, you know, people are working. People yeah. have actually just started working. Like, they got into the office at 9. They had a coffee. They talked about Black Mirror. Or they binged Grace and Frankie. They're talking about it. They have a toilet break morning tea it's someone's birthday then everyone stands around and has sausage rolls by the time they sit down it's about 11 so that is the time that we started broadcasting i'm Perfect describing time. a day of my corporate life <laughs> maybe there was a meeting that i didn't have to go to but they were like oh you better be in on this one and then i was like oh god and i sat there for an hour and a half and contributed nothing and then i left um so yeah it that's the other thing too is that it is very much like with social media, it's when the user is ready to engage mm -hmm. in your content. They're consuming what they want, when they want, how yeah. much they want, blah, blah, and live is kind of goes against that a You're little right. bit. But it's such a build-up as well. Like, yeah. people are programmed to view content when they want to at their convenience. Mm. They're so very rarely programmed to change their schedules to be able to watch content that's only available at a particular time. Mm. So yeah. that's why there's such a big lead-up to live event here make sure you check it out and mm -hmm. then you're promoting that on facebook or yeah. instagram or what have you in your email um and then done over time consistently over say two three days mm -hmm. then you might be able to do it some with bigger followings can do it spontaneous uh spontaneously yeah but yeah there's you know there aren't many if any so i watched um i love that song 
Um, I watched, it was like Tony Robbins did a live mm. video at one of his like date with destiny or well, I don't know, one of his things. And it was awesome because he sort of has been dabbling a little bit in social media, but he very rarely does live or he'll do like random when he's in one of his houses on Fiji and he'll just be like answering Facebook questions. But yeah, it was at one of his things and there was a speaker talking about, um, I think it was about meditation. It was so interesting and it was actually one of the most awesome experiences of live ever because I was at a paid event that I didn't pay for at my desk on the other side of the world taking in this information that was really relevant to me at the time so it was, that was actually really cool mm. one of the very few instances that maybe live works anyway my additional thoughts was this is just out of all the data that's not including those seven insights my additional thought was that so this next metric may be biased because it's social media marketers, but 78% of them believe that social media marketing is the most effective uh, tool to use uh, in comparison to email at 65%. Lies. Let's just hold all thoughts, questions, and comments about Donald Trump till the end. SEO and SEM at 41%, PR at 29%, TV at 6 and radio, I didn't put anything in here. <laughs> nothing I think it was like two I can't even remember I think I just gave up at radio I was like people radio um yeah so now we've you know reached the end of this do we have additional thoughts feelings that's really interesting film reviews that's really really interesting so Josh I think you called out that social being more effective than email um is Mm. interesting I think it's interesting. If you you say interesting, I say it's not true. <laughs> <laughs> not true. Fight, fight, fight. Um, oh, yeah. What I'm willing to, what I'm willing to concede is that mm-hmm. the the respondents for the survey have probably invested a considerable amount of time mm-hmm. in social media marketing, and so just by that, by that, by its nature, they've not delved into any of the other channels to to the same extent. Mm. Um, and that's indicative of them being able to give fairly, I guess, accurate weightings to their degrees of each channel and what they prioritize. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, email is still by far the highest converter in terms of, like, dollar to email versus social media. Yeah. And they've, they've also mentioned that in social media they don't see it as a, a sales mm-hmm. channel. They see it as an engagement channel. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Because um, email is literally, like, wading through all the noise and even though... Our inboxes are a lot quieter, like mine, not my work one, but my personal one is a lot quieter than it used to be. But it's almost like weaving through everything and being like, hey, you, yeah. I've got 20% off discount for you. That You know, it's like, see what I mean? It's like very like, whoa, it's very intrusive, but it's almost, it's very effective. I buy a lot of things from email. I do. Personally, if I'm consuming content, um, social media is, is like number one in terms of, uh, I guess, time spent or number of items read or whatever it might be mm-hmm. for me just in my daily routine and email is I will have to you know you could I think it comes down to the nature of the delivery like I think it's it's such a desktop PC Windows 98 system mm. um, so on my on my smartphone I've got an email client right and I'll get my medium daily digest and I'll have two of those links look interesting to me mm. right um, Okay, this goes both ways. This is, what was it, an Irish story joke teller? Irish storyteller. Irish storyteller. You're being an Irish storyteller. I'm going to, alright? No racism. Full I'll, circle. I love Irish people, Irish storytellers. So I'm an gonna, Irish guy and the greatest showman. Carry on. I'm going to click on two of the 
all right, I'm going to click on one of the links and I'm suddenly I'm in Safari on my phone. Mm-hmm. And then I'll be like, that's cool. I'm not going to read it, but it can sit there. Okay. <laughs> and then I'll be like, I've got to jump back to mail. And then I'll, I was interested in the second link and I'll, and that's as many as I'll ever click on. And now they're both going to be sitting in my, my Safari and they, they're still there with the 250 mm. other tabs, right? <laughs> and I'll get to them one day. He really will. <laughs> with Facebook, it's just kind of there. Um, the problem being that I'll probably start reading something, then I'll get back to it and I'll see about a quarter of a second of it and then it'll like auto refresh because my phone hasn't got enough RAM and suddenly I'm like, okay, who, who was it again? All right, find them, get, get back to it. It's very transient data and it just... And as soon as Facebook thinks you've seen it, you won't see it again. Mm. So you've got to go on a hunt. And I, I read the, the HubSpot one on Facebook. And do you think I can find it using traditional internet searching tools? No, I can't. It's very, it's, 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 it's very strange. We should up them and be like, excuse me. Yeah. So it's a more convenient platform, but it's moving at a rapid pace. It's not, it's not a traditional model. Mm. So uh, yeah, I would, I would agree that yeah. more people are spending time. Uh, consuming content on Facebook than they are in their emails but mm. again that's weighted more to engagement and engagement might mean like you read the entire blog post and you shared it like it might be something different to you purchased X number of products but yeah. just in a sorry go on and that Josh might be how they get their money maybe you get you just got to be a content creator in this day and age because they're the one people who can market their stuff oh yes you have to be very good at it too I'm just wondering as well the um sort of like age range of respondents because you know it's interesting that email marketing was massive back in the day and it's kind of you know dropped off a little bit since then and then it's become I think as social media marketing is becoming a like social media is becoming very flooded with um, messages and content people are going kind of back to email and I'm wondering if people who never really used email before because of that kind of age range of coming into coming to their own when social media marketing was at the height um, they may kind of be like me and be like, oh, I don't use that. I don't use Snapchat because that's for young people. Yeah. I'm just wondering. It's all about, um, because engagement isn't a new metric, right? It didn't just come mm. out with social media. So mm-hmm. when we talk about any other media that's been used previously, whether it's email or physical mail or, you know, a horse carriage with a poster on the side of it, it doesn't matter. It's all about what that experience is for people when they're going through it. So. I can completely understand why people would possibly, when they're listening to this, say, oh, Josh doesn't know what he's talking about because I get bombarded with, with all types of email from various brands that I've, you know, shopped at or, um, you know, I've, I've signed up to, to different email marketing lists for whatever reason. But in all of the emails that somebody has been subscribed to, they will have, like, their top 3%, if not less, um, you know, in a, in a um, listing of, say, 50 emails you'll have two or three respondents that you'll be looking for and you will have either favorited or you've noted because your interaction with them or their interaction with you, sorry, is is what validates your time. And so it's exactly the same with social media where you know there'll be the top three to maybe five brands that you dedicate a lot of time and attention to. And so it's all about just building up the engagement. And that's why... It's interesting. That's why I say that email is so valuable because... When people when people are looking at that blank list mm. or that that just blank page of text, there is no peripheral distractions to an extent. Mm-hmm. It's all just you reading the content and then hearing their voice, which is very similar to say a Facebook post. Yep. But there you've got one sidebar that's promoting other people or saying what your friends are doing at the time. There's another one. There's all these options. It's very cluttered from my perspective. So, 
the, yeah, I put a lot of stock in into that as a sales and a relationship building tool. But again, it comes down to your intelligence and then understanding of how to build that relationship. So whether the, like we've talked before about having mm-hmm. daily communications mm-hmm. um, versus three times a week or you know one month like monthly or, or bi-monthly communication. So whatever works, it's mm-hmm. just about us not being lazy marketers, lazy at mm-hmm. our job, and being yeah. willing to create unique experiences for people. Mm-hmm. I agree. You need to be a f- you, you got to be um, clever with email for it to be effective for sure. But what you were saying before about like e- email versus Facebook for a content delivery platform, um, I I do think that a platform like Facebook, despite all the other distractions, has the advantage of machine learning or whatever they're calling it, the, the, the algorithm there, um, feeding you uh, what it thinks uh, you're going to like, whereas email is more of a Twitter model where it's like, all right, you know, you ask for it, you're getting it, and it's going to be in any order. And I, and I guess, um, you know, different email apps and Gmail themselves, they're, they're trying to, or even paid subscriptions, they're trying to um, tackle the, the email problem of oh my god I'm just overwhelmed by the, the number of emails I'm getting and then they're sorting them and then they're, sh- they're shifting um, lower priority email right out of the way mm. and and you know I think that's probably it's been in the last five years or something where it's gone from you're going to see every single email unless you unsubscribe which you know it is also quite easy to do these days to alright um, we are using our algorithms to sort your inbox for you you may not even see the stuff that you're being marketed to at all yeah. Whereas Facebook's always going to be like, oh, we haven't seen that in a while, or, or you respond well. I mean, I always, I always treat it like um, my own experiences that I've actually shown that I'm, I'm more interested. Sorry, friends. Sorry, real friends. Not you, Jess. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm quite interested in getting content in my Facebook feed and Facebook plays ball and it serves me that. Mm. You don't post anything. I don't. I sometimes share things, but... Okay. So... I don't. They're kind of, but they're, they're achieving, they're trying to achieve the same kind of goal, sort of, mm-hmm. in two different, very different platforms. Yeah. So what would be like our recommendation to anyone that's reading, that's watching this, is going to listen or read the blog post mm-hmm. with respect to your information, Jess? What would you recommend people be mindful of this year? Uh, um, I... <laughs> I know a lot more people are saying that they want to create video because they're held back by budget and time, but I mean, um, I would actually just go for it. I wouldn't wait for video because it just seems as though, you know, the people that are waiting to actually create video now is actually the opportunity to do so because you're going to have more attention in that space. And um, like, as we were saying, we don't obviously spend, you know, I would love to have a much better setup, but with what we do have, we actually get quite a lot of engagement. We have a lot of content to share and yeah, we actually have a really positive, um, and that might go down when more high quality video is created mm-hmm. and then we have to step up our game, which is fine. But mm-hmm. yeah, I would definitely, you know, everyone's got a, everyone's got a camera phone. Yeah. <laughs> everyone's got a smartphone. So go for it. There's so much, you know, um, there's editing apps on your phone and it's never been easier to be able to upload stuff. So yeah, that would be my biggest thing. Cool. Even getting a, a professionally produced video is, is achievable for a lot of companies. I mean, would you say $5,000 is kind of the ballpark to get yourself a... Yeah, anywhere from minutes. three to 5000 for a minute to three minutes, yeah. I think you can do. So, And then just comes down to being really smart with the content. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Like puppies running in a grass field. Yeah. What about you? Uh, spend more money. Facebook wants your money. Mm-hmm. Mark needs more clothes. <laughs> yes. Jarvis needs a, an upgrade. 
Uh, I'd say the recommendation I would have is to look at your market, try and figure out where they are, and then really spend a lot of time becoming a master of the, that platform, mm -hmm. just to understand them, understand the platform, and then learn as you go, be prepared to, to run into hurdles where you realize, oh, this media, whether it's Instagram or Snapchat or email, is ineffective. Um, but be prepared to step back and really assess it and say, um, you know, can I take another approach? Can I A-B test this or can I go to another media? But always with the goal of just learning more about your clientele. And then I figure that, that that'll just build up a very valuable database or, or understanding of your um, your intended clients or customers so that you can, you know, when, when a, another recession hits or anything like that, that happens, then you'll be assured because you'll know exactly what's happened and you'll know where to go to get, mm. get other people in the future. So that's a 2018 recommendation, but it's also kind of an evergreen mm. one. Mm. Like you should always be doing that. But I see a lot of companies who come and approach us and they say, um, we need to get a new website and they don't understand what they need to have on the website because they don't really understand their clients. So yeah. it's highly valuable. Um, it's worth doing so in the long run. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cool. Um, any any kind of books, articles, documentaries, movies, relevant, relevant. Yeah, no, so your, um, your work on Donald Trump's paid off because apparently there's some big US <laughs> tax breaks that are going to improve the global economy for a few years. So um, <laughs> thanks thanks for all your hard work on that. No worries, you guys. So that's good news. <laughs> thanks, send you a feedback. Is this the government shutdown thing? I'm not sure. That's been happening, I don't even know. Shut down <laughs> the government, something. Um, but yeah, any movies, podcasts, anything, any articles, anything that you guys... Mm. I've seen lately. Want to share? Y yes. Movies. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> this is where the, yeah. this is the footnotes of all the stuff we were talking yeah. about. Oh, okay. The footnotes section. Uh, related or not related to social media marketing? Just related to life. Okay. No, I don't have much to talk about. I mean, I um I do enjoy the new Blade Runner movie, but we don't need to talk about that. Oh, okay. This is a sore subject. No, it's not. It's just. It's just that I liked it. Mm. That's it. That's all I've seen. I don't have much of a life outside of you guys. Batista was good in that, huh? Yeah. What, the wrestler? Yep. Was in Blade Runner? Was in Blade Runner. Batista, is he still wrestling? No. Oh, okay. Is he trying to do a rock thing? Mm. Dwayne Johnson? I guess, oh, yeah. yeah, he's trying to be an actor. Mm -hmm. I think he's doing very well. I want to look him up. So here's the guy in the, the opening scene. Yeah. Batista. See, I was like, the second time I saw it, um, I did a double take and I thought, Hey, that's the the Guardians. green or blue or green guy from yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy. It is, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, he is in Guardians of the Galaxy. You know when he first got the script for Guardians of the Galaxy because his agent was a huge Marvel fan. Right. I think he was actually a huge Guardians of the Galaxy fan, and his agent was constantly trying to push him and saying, "You got to do this role. You got to do this role." And Batista came out, and I think he'd he'd done a couple other movies before that. Maybe he did James Bond before that? I'm not too sure. Um, he was one of the villains that, mm. that, you know, kicked the bucket. But he he, he was so he was so against doing it initially or apprehensive about it because he was like, oh, this looks like a really comical one. I want to be serious. I don't want to do this, you know. This is what I want coming out of recently. Yeah. Mm. But he took it and then he started, he read the script, studied it, and they went for the um, table readings. And then they were reading it and then he would they would say their lines, he would say his line. And then there'd be like a little smirk or a snicker. Then it'd go again and he'd say another line. This was for the first movie. Yeah. 
um, and then it'd be a little louder. And then by the end of it, all of the times he was saying his lines, everyone was laughing. He's like, what's going on? Like, this, is, this sucks. Like, everyone was just laughing at yeah. me. And, um, and then he was either, I think he may have gone and talked to, um, uh, I forgot his name, I think it's Jason Gunn? Um, no, not Jason. Um, the, the director for the movie. Right. And then the director said, dude, like, you've got all the best lines. Yeah. And so after you, yeah, right. And then after they came to the realization of, oh wow, this is amazing. And so he did it, and he loved it. He killed it, man. And it's changed his life, like yeah, yeah, right. And so, my money is on him, him dying in Infinity War when they come out with the movie this year. All right. Yeah, I think if you can get some valuable guys to just like tap out, then he'd be one that would decimate that that kind of brand, the franchise. But yeah, it'll be really interesting to see. But he's just been amazing. Wow. I didn't even realize he's had like a really. Wow. You look at his IMDb mm-hmm. list? No, I was looking at really? Wikipedia. Oh. Yeah, it's kind of interesting because I've noticed that with like John Cena, for example, I always laugh because, you know, he's he tried and I guess still tries to be a serious action. Oh, you mean the Marine and stuff like that? Yeah, but the fact that he's actually so good at comedy. That, that was like a newer realisation for him, like, he, I think he did a few uh, comedy films, but he was in that Amy Schumer one, that train wreck or whatever, oh, and he okay. was so good in that film and realised, he was like, well, I guess comedy's like, my thing, because he's just like this big dude, and you'd think that he'd be scary, but he's Bad just... Wives or Bad... There's another bad, one? Bad, bad Mums. Bad Mums? I think he's in that one. Oh, okay. Yes. I think so. But he was in uh, another one where it was a, I think it was called The Wall or something like that. Um, it was a sniper one where he, he ends up dying and then mm. yeah, his his friend was staying back or something. I, I think that's it. But um, yeah. Damn. Blade Runner was good. Okay. I've downloaded Blade Runner. I'm still trying to find a torrent for, I mean, <laughs> I'm trying to find a good download for, <laughs> trying to find a download for Happy Death Day, which mm. I watched. That's out of the Blockbuster Morley, guys. Should I go to <laughs> Excuse me. Let's just open this conversation. Why were you in a Blockbuster? Because Civic closed down. And why were you in a Civic? <laughs> because I don't have home internet, so I can't download torrents or whatever you when call you them. When you go to a video store, are you the only one in there? It, uh, I had to put a wait list for the Blade Runner 2049 DVD, uh, Blu-ray. They have six copies of the Blu-ray and like a dozen copies of the DVD, and this must be the probably one of three blockbusters still open in the Southern Hemisphere because yeah, it was out. It is, and I was at Coventry Markets um, getting some really good um, Asian food. We got some duck. We got they have really good noodles. food there. Yeah, yeah, mm. we just all made a big mess. Um, yeah, and it was forty-five minutes before they pinged and said, "Yeah, someone's finally brought back one of the six copies of the Blu-ray. You can get it if you're really quick." so sorry it's just like video stores like I'm not laughing that you don't have internet they're expensive they're expensive I did I mean what is it $6 a night it's $6 a night and $25 at Kmart for the the Blu-ray I actually want it on Ultra HD so when I buy it I'll get that oh okay even though I haven't got a HDR TV god I used to love going to video stores I used to love how they'd have sales like at the end of every year or something they'd have sales of all their older VHS. Have you started Twin Peaks season three yet? Yeah, but I stopped watching. I haven't seen the Nine Inch Nails oh. episode yet. Was it a bit? Yeah. 
I was getting, I was checking my phone quite a bit. You can't check your phone when you watch Twin Peaks. You have to be fully invested in Twin yep. Peaks. It's got a doctor on Twin Peaks. Um, he came back for the, the 2017 season. But he was Riff from the West Side Story. Okay. Okay. So is that... I love West Side Story. Oh my God. Yeah. And he was... Well, he's the... in a Skype call with the, the sheriff. Oh, okay. So he's, yeah. I just saw his him credited for it, and then okay. he looks fairly old, like quite oh, a bit older. Old now. Yeah. But he was he was also the youngest um, brother character, which was the youngest brother in Seven Brides for Seven Brothers, which is like this nineteen fifty seven musical, which my girls watched on the weekend, and they just loved. It's it's funny. It will probably not be funny for you. It might be painful. But okay. yeah, but it was so it was it was like an old school musical done back in the days of like Oklahoma and all the rest of that. But yeah, that was really that was actually a good watch. My girls, I was very surprised. They loved it. They thought it was very funny. Aww. So, but the Greatest Showman, that's the one that okay, I told yeah. you guys about. Yeah, it's not the preview. It's not the trailer. Oh, it's insane. Yeah, like when you watch it. Oh, cool. I think if you like anyone that's into music or musicals, yeah, um, they're gonna just be like, wow, this is a musical. It's not your like high school musical kind of cheese like it's, that old school style musical oh but like the songs are all of the contemporary songs and so when i left today this morning um my girls were searching on youtube for any video clips of it to watch uh. it um and then there were also so i was listening to the sound like a little bit of the soundtrack on the way in it's just incredible hugh jackman is amazing so i saw the trailer two days after i finished watching logan and i was like oh so he's not like a fossil yeah. Because I was like, wow, he hasn't aged well. That That's is it. so... Am I mean? Yeah. Right. He's so good. Oh. No, no, no. I actually look at it as really positive because he's just had his... Like, he's done so well with um, with showbiz, like, his theatre performances yep. into mm. his movies. Um, and then to get into the X-Men niche, which has served yep. him well for, like, 15 years or something like that. Yeah. 17 years. Because um, Logan came out at the beginning of last year. And then, yeah, just for him to come out with something like this is monster. But yeah, definitely check it out if you get a chance. I've been watching Divorce, so it's a show with Sarah Jessica Parker in it, okay. and oh, okay. it goes back to being an Irish storyteller, but <laughs> I was watching it going, oh, she's... I mean, this is terrible, and I'm a horrible person, and I have heard that there is a seat in hell waiting for me, so it's fine. Um, I try and be a better person, but hey, guys. Anyway, I was like, man, she's aged really bad, but it... But this has is the she? problem because I watch Sex in the City reruns like every weekend or something, and when I actually think about it, those episodes are like fifteen. Actually, this year yep. is the twentieth year of the of the premiere of Sex in the City. Really, and when you think of twenty years, I'm like, she actually looks pretty good. Yeah, right. that's like a baby to a twenty year old. That's a lot 20. of difference. Man, so when we think of Hugh Jackman. Yeah. Of like him being in, I don't know, the first X Men film to now, he's actually he's held up alright. He's doing okay. That's yeah. twenty years too. I think it was ninety seven yeah. when it came yeah. out. Yeah. So, because I hope, look, someone's gonna look at a photo of me in twenty years and be like, oh, she's not aged well. But it's called time, okay? Yeah. Time. Breaking down the stigma of ageism. No time. Oh, time. Sorry, we but it, had a timeism. <clears throat> timeism. But I, I plan on getting like a lot of like plastic surgery. Oh, I, I want to be, I want to be Goldie Hawn in Death Becomes Her. Oh. I love that film. That is such a great film. Anyway, anyway, 
thank you. Thank you. Thanks for coming. Thank you. Thanks for coming. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. And um, if you have any thoughts about this episode, you can email us. Um, podcast at bam.com.au you can tweet us if you wanna uh, at bam creative you can fax us too fax is going insane we should probably turn it off um, and so <laughs> you can check our website as well for the show notes and links to anything that we talked about in this episode so thanks so much for listening guys and watching bye Adios. Bye.